This episode of Big String Pile contains discussion of mental illness, self-harm, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Listeners, and welcome to Big Streaming Pile. I am your host, Fiona L.F. Kelly. And I am Tom Goldthwait. And uh, let's just jump right into announcements. As usual, we are sponsored by Audible. So if you are so inclined, Audible is offering our listeners a free 30-day trial and audiobook when you sign up at audible.com slash bigstreamingpile. So if you would like to, you can go and give all your information to Amazon and sign up at audibletrial.com slash bigstreamingpile. And uh, next week we have B-Movie. Are you excited for B-Movie, Thomas? Not at all. Okay, good. And after that, so uh, we did lose a movie because it was taken off of Netflix from the time we scheduled it to the time we went to record it. Um, So I think we're going to add another movie. So we're going to be uh, looking for bad movies on Netflix, but I'm also a little bit tempted to go out into another streaming service because uh, we're getting to the end of our first season. And mm-hmm. I thought it's gone really well, but I really do want to branch out and go to uh, Amazon Prime and Hulu and now... Gotta get uh, some DCOMs from Disney Plus. Yeah, we gotta get the DCOMs from Disney Plus. Those are all too good to be on this show. <laughs> are they? <laughs> all are of they? them. Listen, I watched a lot of them as soon as Disney Plus came out and uh, it was some good stuff. It was, they were all good. They were too good to be on this show. But this week, we are talking about friend request, and this is not to be confused with unfriended. Under no circumstances should you be confused. No. Even though they're very similar movies, friend request is a different movie. I don't know that unfriended is on, uh, is on Netflix. I, I liked Unfriended more than this one because I've seen both of them. I have seen this movie more than anyone on the planet Earth. I've seen this movie like 10 times. <laughs> that is a lot of times to see this movie. I know. I just keep like showing people and everyone's mm. like, why'd you show me this movie? I'm like, others needed to know. <laughs> so I've seen this movie a lot of times. I have only seen Unfriended one time. I saw it in theaters and I actually kind of liked it. Okay. Uh, it wasn't like good, but I liked what they did with it. I thought that they did some cool things. But let's talk about this movie now. Uh, Friend Request. Friend Request, yep. Yeah. So this is actually a German movie, believe it or not. Um, it's hard to tell because it's set in America and everyone all has American accents. But it was directed by Simon Verhoeven and then it was written by uh, Matthew Balin, Philip Koch, and Simon Verhoeven. Uh, so let's start to talk about what the plot of the movie is. Yeah. Um, so it starts out with a very pretty popular girl named Laura, and we see her Facebook friend count. She has like 800 some odd mm-hmm. friends, and uh, which is, I thought, actually like a little bit low. Um, maybe she goes to a small college or something, but I, it certainly didn't seem like that. Yeah. This to me felt... A little, almost, 
anachronistic a little. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like people don't really pursue high friend counts on Facebook these days. I don't think so either. I don't know anyone who could tell you their friend count unless they specifically keep it low. Yeah. Yeah, that's more a point of pride on Facebook. Now, obviously, on, like, Twitter and Instagram, the model is not friends, but followers. Right. And it's not, like, a equivalent reciprocal relationship by default. It's, like, most people with a lot of followers have way more people following them than they follow back. Right. right? So it's a different model, and their accumulating large numbers is a big deal. But Facebook really is a different approach where people... Yeah, these days, if people have pride on anything, it's about keeping that count down. Right, because I, w- I was thinking about it, I think, the first time I watched this movie because I think, well, I had just actually gone through a time where I was like, I feel like I have too many people on my Facebook that I don't know, and I wanted to keep, like, my Facebook I keep, like, very, very private, and I wanted to keep that private by, you know, not just having any friend that I was in the third grade with. Yeah, so yeah. I-, I knocked it down from about, I think, 900 to, I think, about, like, 300, and I think mm-hmm. it's kept sort of in that range since Uh, i don't think about it like too many people what was crazy was that the people who like tried to add me back like within minutes and that Mm. i was like oh goodness yeah (laughs) i think there are services that will like send you alerts when people unfriend you yeah which Um, i i don't i don't want to know if if someone were to unfriend me i just you know whatever yeah it's much easier just not to know one thing I did find interesting is so, like, in that opening thing, we see, like, her friend count, but it's, like, ticking up every yeah. second or two. Yeah. And what was funny to me was if that was, like, a sort of consistent thing, then over even just a day or two, she'd have way more friends. I know, yeah. Also, she's running on, like, the boardwalk, and her friend account is ticking up, which isn't actually how Facebook, like, works. Because no. Facebook, you have... And that's even a plot point in the movie, is you have to accept a friend request. Right. So... So she is presumably sending out all these friend requests, and that's, oh, that's why the only it's way it could work. Yeah, yeah, she's already fired off all these friend requests, and just like as she's going on a run, people are accepting. That's the only way that could happen, I guess. Yeah, but I don't um, think that's what I don't think that's supposed no, to be. No, that's not what it's supposed to be. I think they just thought like a number ticking upward was more. Yeah, dramatic. because the the number of friends on Facebook that she has is like it's not a plot point, but it does like sort of drive the plot forward. Like it's supposed to like represent something. Yeah, but um. So she's doing this and we see like a little montage of the things that she's posting. So she's posting herself like working out Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, being with friends, but not like an obscene number of friends. She has a group of like five friends that she's like always hanging with. Close friends. Well, they live together. Right. And like that seems fairly typical Mm -hmm. to me. And she seems like a nice girl too. She doesn't seem like she's like, you know just like being mean to people being like oh look at all my friends she seems just like a normal pretty happy girl so she goes to her psychology class and her professor is like oh i'm so sorry to say your classmate marina mills uh committed suicide oh i'll put a trigger warning at the beginning of this i guess uh committed suicide last night and she is like obviously devastated then we do a little bit of a flashback and uh we see her you know uh becoming friends with this girl like she meets her this girl is kind of like uh 
attracted to her. Like, uh, Laura sees Marina, like, looking at her a lot and things like that. And she, she sort of, like, reaches out and she talks to her. And Marina is, like, weirdly interested in the concept of Laura, like, having yeah. friends. She's like, oh, you're going out with your yeah. friends. Now, before we go further, importantly, the sort of, like, catalyst for this is Marina, this kind of weird girl that Laura has never really talked to before since her friend request. Right. And they're, like, in a class together, but I was like, yeah. Yeah. So she gets this friend request, and she sees that Marina has zero friends. Zero friends on Facebook, which is very unusual Unless you have just yeah. made your Facebook. Yeah. And her Facebook is full of sort of like spooky goth animations that are supposed to be like Marina's art. Yeah. And Laura is like, no, this is actually pretty cool. Like this art is interesting. So yeah, I'm going to like accept the friend request. Yeah. I actually thought it was interesting too because uh, very late last night I got... <laughs> spooky i got a uh, i got a friend request from someone with zero friends and it was someone i had known in high school who like moved away and she was just starting over her profile you know like people do sometimes i thought it was funny i'm like what if i'm next (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, so there you go. So, uh, so she kind of like connects with her and Laura's birthday is coming up and her handsome, um, med student boyfriend, Dr. Surfboard, Dr. Surfboard. And, uh, you know, all her friends are like, oh, it's your birthday, blah, blah, blah. And Marina is also aware that it is Laura's birthday coming up because Facebook tells you these sort yeah. of things. And um, she is now trying very hard to get into contact with Laura. She's, like, sending her, you know, hundreds and hundreds of messages that Laura's, like, not really responding to. And she's like, oh, I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. This gives me, like, kind of a weird feeling. But I want to be nice to her because Mm -hmm. um, this girl has uh, trichotillomania. And, like, this is, like, obvious to her classmates. And her classmates are like, oh, no, that's, like, weird and bad. And she's like, no, we should be sort of sympathetic to this. Um, but then she also, uh, exhibits other, like, sort of alarming behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so Laura, uh, so she, like, FaceTimes Laura, and Laura's like, oh, I'm just going out with my boyfriend for my birthday. Like, sorry, I'm not doing anything with friends. But then her boyfriend takes her to a restaurant, you know, with her mom and all her friends, and it's a mm-hmm. surprise party. Oh, that's supposed to read that as a surprise party? Well, they yell surprise. Do that? Okay. Yeah. Okay, because they were talking about the party before, though, with, like, Laura around. Were they? Yeah. I don't remember. You've seen this movie a lot of times. Yeah. Well, no, because they specifically were talking about having a party, and then Laura is, like, saying that she had invited Marina, and the friends were like, no, like... But then I thought she just, like, canceled that party. That... That could be. That she, like, canceled that party to avoid that awkwardness and told Marina there was no party and that was not a lie. Well, no, but there's specifically a conversation where Laura says that she feels bad for lying to Marina. Wikipedia does not make it clear. So we'll go with that, you know, she just sort of lies about it, which is not the best way to go about it, but it's also, like, kind of sympathetic. But I thought it was a very reasonable way. I mean, like, like, this person is coming off super weird. I think lying about it is the best. I mean, like, the issue then is that the posts go on Facebook, so, like, right. the better thing Which would have just been to be, like, yeah, like, the better thing would have been, like, oh, it's just, like, some close friends taking me out. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, to Marina, like, Laura is her close friend. Like, she's, like, photoshopping pictures of them together and things like that. Um, And, you know, the only way to really stop that is to have that very uncomfortable conversation that they're not that close. Uh, She's crossing a lot of boundaries and she needs to, like, stop. Which is not something I think people want to say to someone who they perceive as being, like, very fragile to. Yeah. I've definitely been in that situation of having someone become friends with me and then very rapidly think that we're, like, best friends. And to me, they are, like, someone I met the other day and have had a conversation or two with. Yeah. So and, this asymmetry you know, is, like, very No, I think real. that <laughs> that's, that, that is something that people really do go through, whether it's they're on the side of, like, Laura or on the side of Marina, where they just, mm-hmm. like totally misread a situation and i think that is something that people are sort of self-conscious about that they're like misreading signals that people like them or stuff like that and i don't even think that laura necessarily disliked her like from just like their chats they would have and stuff like that but it was really the issue of her just like crossing so many boundaries and yeah to the point where you know she's getting all these messages and the only thing that you can do is just not respond because it's so that Mm -hmm. that just you know gives you it's just so much like emotional labor at that mm-hmm. point. But uh, so all these photos go up on Facebook mm-hmm. and Marina sees them and she's very upset by them. So she confronts Laura the next day in the cafeteria and she's like, you know, oh, like, how could you do this to me? Like, I thought we were friends. I worked for two weeks on your present. And Laura was like, what do you mean you worked on it for two weeks? We haven't even like known each other really two weeks. And uh, they end up getting into, like, a little bit of a scuffle. Like, I think Marina's, like, pulling her on her arm and she's trying to push her off. And uh, in this little scuffle, uh, her hat gets knocked off. Marina's hat gets knocked off. And you can see where she has, like, very obsessively, um, you know, uh, pulled her hair out. And she yeah. just pulls her head up and goes away. And Laura's very upset by this. She's worried that people will, you know think that she was being just enormously cruel to this girl and mm-hmm. stuff like that and then uh we have gone back to the beginning where you know the weekend has passed and they find out that over the weekend marina has you know killed herself so <laughs> the movie starts to go forward uh we learn that there was a video of this event yeah. i think that because this is i think going to be confusing it's worth like being really clear about the structure here because we open in media's race with like the your classmate has committed suicide and then immediately flash back two weeks earlier right but then may, it only takes maybe like 30 minutes through the movie to like catch back up to the opening right and everything else happens after that right which there's, is like there's no more jumping yeah which is like a really unusual start i don't can't really think of anything else i've scene that had a structure like that like usually when i see a structure where it's like we have a scene and then flashback like we catch up to the opening scene either at the very end or like near the end and all that's left is like the climax like it's kind of yeah weird. it's kind of, it's kind of weird that they only did that for the setup they only did that yeah. for like that first 10 20 minutes of a movie where you're just like learning about the world and what the conflict is um and then they don't do time jumping again after that because if they did a bunch of time jumping i'd be like well okay like it'd be like a more stylized thing right but um we don't learn a lot nothing supernatural even really happens oh uh so on marina's facebook there are uh all sorts of different like sort of disturbing art pieces uh some of them are are more akin to like tim burtony kind of stuff and then some of them are just 
just like mutilated dolls and yeah. things like well, that. Well, the thing is, it gets more disturbing as they scroll down. Right. Because like what Laura saw at first was sort of like, I mean, the type of stuff like your goth friend would post on Facebook. Right. And like as they get more recent, it's it's just like kind of cool. Like, it, yeah. like it's really nicely animated little sequences. That was actually probably like my favorite part of this movie is yeah. just like, those little animated sequences that Marina does, like, just look really neat. Yeah, someone like, had a I lot like of fun them. making those, honestly. Yeah. And they were, like, these cool, like, loops. So they're, like, basically, like, GIF art, which is kind of neat. Um, But then, yeah, it's, like, they... Like, the endless loop of, like, you know, going into a mirror and in the woods yeah, and, yeah. like, stuff like that. So that was really cool. Yeah, but then it's, like, as they scroll down the page, um, it gets, like, uglier and nastier until it's just, like, straight up, like, blood spatter and, like, torture porn. Yeah, um, which does imply, though, that Marina is, like, getting better. Like, she is kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, become more positive as time goes on. Um, and that, you know, she just, like, college seems to be good for her. Yeah. <laughs> I interpreted it more as this was, like, bait. Is bait? Yeah, that she had, like, deliberately, like, put up, like, okay. the fun chill goth stuff to like bait someone into accepting a friend request mm, yeah see uh, then i wonder why she wouldn't like delete the other stuff like if she wanted to like lean into the you know i'm fine sort of aspect of it like i think that she would have presented herself and her art like very differently and she would have like gone through and deleted stuff could be that gets into like interpretations of what this movie i think we can save that conversation for once we get through this recap that's fair um but i do like the mental image of just poor marina no facebook friends just posting so much yeah on facebook um but so uh you know so uh laura is very disturbed by this and um there was a video as we mentioned earlier that marina had taken and it was uploaded to like the school's website and some people had downloaded it like you could still get access to it but the school was like really unhappy that this mm -hmm. was the case and um it gets magically uploaded to Laura's page and everyone's like, what the fuck, Laura? <laughs> like, which fair. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, like totally fair. And she's trying mm -hmm. to delete the video, trying to delete her account, mm -hmm. and it just like does not work. And uh, she keeps getting these errors that she just like can't do it. And even when she tries to type in like, it's not me doing this, it just doesn't matter because like she just can't do it. Mm -hmm. So there's something like magically wrong at this point. So she goes to her friend Kobe, who uh, clearly has a big crush on her. She asks him for help, and he's like, let me hack into yeah. the mainframe. Yeah, he's the hacker friend with a crush on her. Yeah. Which, that was the cringiest part of this movie, was his entire character. Oh, yeah, I hated Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Kobe was sort well, of the worst. I didn't hate Kobe in, like, a fun way. Like, yeah. I didn't so much hate Kobe as I hated the people who made this movie for putting Kobe in it. Right, and that sort of, like, <laughs> makes me think that Laura has a pattern of doing this because all of her other friends are, like, cool, happy people, and Kobe is just, like, this weird little asshole. Yeah. And just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they picked Kobe up, but... Uh, Nobody yeah. else seems to like him that much. 
No, no one seems to like him except for like Laura. Yeah, I got the impression of like I don't know he might be like the weird like friend from grade school who just kind of like followed her along. Yeah, that was my only guess because at first I'm like, is he someone's brother? Like, you know, why uh, is he? In this yeah, group? he doesn't like fit in the group at all. Right. Everyone else is like cool and chill. Yeah, and like even if he was like the one nerdy guy in this like group of sort of jockey people, I'd be like, okay, well if he's cool, like whatever. I know a lot of jockey people who have like some nerdy friends but he just wasn't cool and yeah. chill like they were he was yeah. just like horrible yeah. i wouldn't describe the group of friends as jocks well not not like jocks but like a little bit more on the jockey side like we see like so uh, they were more like just just the cool normal. kids they were normal because like like gustavo and uh isabel it, yeah izzy izzy is what they called her a lot of the time yeah right? we're just like so it didn't strike me even as like the popular kids they were just like fun yeah they were just cool people like, to cool be people around to hang out with yeah. yeah except for poor kobe so he goes and he pulls up the the code on the web page mm-hmm. except it's not that it's like these weird like almost hieroglyphic something and he's like the computer is haunted he doesn't say that but that's like the implication <laughs> yeah because like so basically he hits f12 to bring up the chrome developer tools um i guess here is where i out myself as a software developer um but you know he brings up the dev tools where you can see like the source code of the page but it's like flickering and morphing into like these yeah like the weird hieroglyphics Mm -hmm. and he's like this isn't code (laughs) yeah like no shit kobe yeah (laughs) um fun fact about tom pulling up the web developer tools on chrome uh i remember for a long time you used to do that when we would order pizza and you did not have enough space to write the delivery instructions <laughs> because they would always cap you at so many characters. So you would just mm-hmm. give yourself like unlimited characters. Yeah. But then I figured out why they did that, which is that it was the number of characters they could print on the receipt, which is yeah. all they give the driver. Yeah. So the drivers just got really confused <laughs> because the delivery instructions just died. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I stopped doing that, Yeah. but, um, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. So I hacked the mainframe. You hacked, was the computer haunted yeah. on the Papa John's website? It was Pizza Hut. It was, that's true. It was yeah. Pizza Hut. We didn't get Papa John's when we lived there. Yeah. Um, so there you go. There's some fun facts. Yeah. Um, so uh, they start doing their Googling and they find out that uh, Marina, because they figure out very quickly and almost magically that uh, this is Marina doing all this because she Mm -hmm. is still sending um, Laura all these Facebook messages and like writing on her wall and stuff like that. So they're like, oh, we need to find out about Marina. And uh, they find out that she was in an uh she was in an orphanage she was like ward of the state and uh her mother had been part of a cult that somehow burned down where they did cult stuff and she was very horribly burned like while she was pregnant with marina so she was like basically dead but they like kept her alive on various machines that she could like give birth and then uh, marina then became like a ward of the state and ended up at this orphanage where she went and killed two little boys who were like doing horrible things to her and uh 
you know, mutilated them, which you see in some of her artwork that she has, like, the mutilated faces. And Laura's friends also all start dying and they start seeing uh, images that, you know, Marina had put in her artwork that you find out were also at the orphanage and, like, you know, the little boys are, like, following yeah. them. And they st- the friends start dying in various, like, horrible yeah. ways. And this really makes up, like, the, the meat and potatoes of this movie. Right. Is that... Laura's friends start dying off one by one. I think that we can, we don't really need to go into the details of each one. Yeah, I wasn't going to. Yeah. But, but yeah, they, they die off one by one. Um, where and, a camera can see them, that's important. Yeah, well, it's not where it can't, that, well, that's true, yeah, they are in places where a camera can see them. So, but, like, security cameras. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's also, the way it happens is they'll be, like, looking at Facebook on, well, they're looking at a computer screen. Yeah. And then, like, the computer screen will, like, distort, mm-hmm. and then it'll be, like, just like go blank so it's basically like a mirror black mirror black mirror which becomes a plot point so then like they see just themselves in the screen but then every time when they look away it's like their reflection on the screen stays right even if they've been captured in in a scrying mirror and a black mirror Mm -hmm. not to be confused with the show black mirror Which is referenced. Which is referenced. It's so funny because they, they Google at one point Black Mirror and something that comes up is Black Mirror Season 3. So yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, so they did know. They get it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the way they die is always that like they start like seeing stuff, but it's it's always like we see when we see the videos, we know it's not real. Yeah. But they're like seeing these things and then they kill themselves in some way. Right. And uh, then the video from the security camera gets uploaded to Laura's Facebook mm-hmm. and you can see her friend count just like dropping Fly. down lower and lower. And eventually it's just uh, Dr. Surfboard Tyler. He plays Peter in the Chronicles of Narnia movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said that. He plays uh, <laughs> the kid who was not being a little asshole about Turkish Delight. <laughs> He plays the other the other boy mm-hmm. kid mm-hmm. who was not in Voyage of the Dawn Treader because he was replaced with a little asshole from Midsummer. Okay, anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, so at the end it's just uh, Kobe and Tyler. They are the last two, and Kobe's like, uh, you know, the whole point is to make Laura lonely. She's the only one that's safe. So like, we're the two assholes who are like gonna get killed, mm-hmm. and Doctor Surfboard is like, no, I love her. And uh, immediately gets killed. <laughs> yeah. So that's important. So, like, Kobe, the guy who has a crush on her, he just realizes that what, like, spirit Marina is trying to... So, like, the idea here is that Marina has, like, performed a ritual to essentially, like, move herself into the mirrors. Right. Which is why she has, like, this mirror power. And that yeah, moving like... herself into, like, the scrying mirrors, the black yeah. mirrors. Yeah. So Kobe realizes that, like, Marina's thing is making Laura lonely, so she's going to kill everyone, so the only way he makes out alive is if he just kills Laura, and then there's no point anymore for Marina. Right. Which is... Not bad logic. Yeah, although you'd think they should be, like, annoyed if he, like, ruins her game and might fuck with him anyway. Yeah. So I'm not sure fully thought this through, but, no, you know... No, you know, he, they were panicking. Yeah. He also had has this plan, like, maybe 20 minutes before the end of the movie. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty close to the end. Um, But he does get <laughs> got by these, yeah. uh, by these hornets that are present throughout the rest of the movie. And, uh... 
And is it implied that he's actually got got by the hornet? Because Laura sees it happen. Yeah. So he didn't like, everyone else who saw the hornets, they weren't real. Yeah. But I think he actually was killed by hornets. Right. Yeah. Um, the hornets are, are present throughout the movie, but the hornets do, because they're where, you know, Marina mm-hmm. um, killed herself. So presumably yeah. that's where she's the most powerful. Yeah. yeah. That was my thought with, yeah. with him actually being attacked by yeah. hornets. And then um, an interesting thing that might come up later in discussion is that we do see the thing happen with Kobe where he looks at the screen Mm-hmm. And like it captures his face, mm-hmm. and but he like throws the phone, right? And then it's uncle. What's interesting is it's actually unclear from that point whether he's like in his right mind or if Marina is actually like running the show at that point. Yeah, um, there's uh, he definitely like changes at that moment. Yeah. He goes from being like very protective and willing to mm-hmm. do anything for, for Laura to like clearly something else going on. Um, he doesn't have so like when they're like fully possessed. Uh, their eyes get very very blue and have like red circles and his eyes don't get like that but i think his eyes were like sort of red yeah during that so i feel like that was intentionally ambiguous yeah so something was going on with kobe during this Mm -hmm. um and then laura is by herself and she she's alone with Mm -hmm. this and she's asking you know spirit marina who is back to being a little girl like you know what she wants and then it flashes forward and uh, we see her where uh, we have seen Marina, like, in the school cafeteria. Yeah. And she has her hood up just like Marina yeah. used to do. And uh, she is now the weird girl. Yeah. And she's looking at her Facebook that has zero friends. Yeah. Well, that's after, like, she, like, goes and looks into, like, the laptop. The, right. Like, the original Black Mirror. Yeah. Marina's laptop. And she, like, stares into it and gets, like, sucked in, essentially. Yeah. And then there's, like, a jump scare where, like, Marina eats her or something. Like, jumps out with, like, teeth. Yeah. Like, one of those. Like, if you've seen a horror movie, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then just, like, cut to black. And then we, like, go to, like, Laura. um, And, like you said, like, dressed goth with, like, the sort of, like, dirty, like, long black hair. Yeah. And, like, the very, like, distinct, like, look, like, hunched over, like, a black laptop. Like, yeah. And, and like you were saying, like the Facebook with zero friends. Yeah. Um, the Facebook page with zero friends. And she is now kind of longingly looking at the groups with like, you know, these like mm-hmm. happy, pretty people laughing together. Um, and then she looks dead at the camera and the movie ends. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's friend request. Mm-hmm. Um, should we get talking about uh, about this movie? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Where do you want to start? Should I start or should you start? I wanted to start by talking about, like, in the context of the ending, like, just on a more literal level, what do we think happened? And then kind of move from there to, like, a deeper analysis. Mm -hmm. So my initial question is, so when I first watched this, like, the impression I had from the way the ending was presented, and... Based on the way you were recapping it, I feel like you might have understood this differently. So I'm curious to know if we're if there's some space between us on this. Mm-hmm. What I sort of thought had happened was that, like, Laura essentially, like, died. Mm. And then, like, the person we see at the end was almost like Laura's spirit, like, reincarnated and, like, sort of, like, spirited back into existence to, like, continue this weird cycle with the implication that Marina was never a real person and that all of her history was, like, fake. That there was no marina this is more like a cyclical evil spirit sort of thing that like devours people and like reincarnates um i i think it is cyclical but, but i also mm-hmm. think that marina was real i think that uh 
that the cycle was sort of so obviously something went weird with whatever this like cult was Mm -hmm. and i think that um marina like did have some sort of abilities some sort of powers and i think that we do get evidence that she is part of a cycle because when we see um her you know looping gif artwork Mm -hmm. uh these are all things that laura starts to dream about and Mm -hmm. we see marina like the captions on them are like you know what does this dream mean like things like that so i do think that uh it is part of a cycle um almost akin to like you know uh tearing someone down to like be the embodiment of like loneliness um yeah i mean it's definitely that yeah so like i guess my read at the end was more like laura now has like a fabricated tragic backstory where she was like an orphan as a kid and like if people Mm. researched her past like that's what they would find well they did make laura an orphan true but what i was thinking is it'd be like her childhood yeah would be like different and she's like and like the way i took it because they say that marina she's sort of like appeared out of nowhere and they do this research and find this information but the impression okay. i took was that this was all like fabricated is, and they were never even on the trail that's sort of how i read it was that they were never that it was all just bait mm-hmm. and they were like completely on the wrong track the whole time that like the black mirror thing was all just like a like bait just like mm-hmm. pure like nonsense to keep them occupied and the point was to tear her down get her in the room with the laptop and then bam that's interesting. Um, I, I definitely didn't read it that way. I read it as like, you know, now this is Laura's turn. Uh, we see on her Facebook mm-hmm. now that she has uh, she has taken away her last name. Mm-hmm. And um, part of that links back to the fact that one of the things we learn about her at the beginning of the movie is that her father has died. Um, yeah. You know, you get your last name in most cases from your father. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother also dies during the course of the movie. Well, it's implied that she does. Laura sees her die, but like she's not with her. She sees it like through a video call that's like cutting in and out yeah. and stuff like that. So maybe she didn't at all. And mm-hmm. Laura's just been kind of like plucked out of this and put into this entirely different situation so i don't know um i think that there is meant to be some sort of uh implication of torment that laura Mm -hmm. needs to go through so i think it would be not really what marina wanted to um have laura lose all her friends and then immediately die i think that she would have wanted laura to live through that so once again like my interpretation is that like the marina thing was like a front at this right. point was that we're like it's more like a demonic spirit that's just there to torment people and like at that point marina was like what was like an invention to like ensnare laura yeah. rather than like a real person with like thoughts and feelings yeah i don't know that's a that's an interesting interpretation <laughs> um i think we can move on and just yeah because no, there's, no, no. there's a lot of other stuff well, I, I just want to talk about that first <laughs> Well, no, I, I, well, I'm just thinking about that now, and that goes to something I wanted to talk about, whereas, like, a problem I have with a lot of movies and TV shows is um, this message of setting boundaries is bad, um, and yeah. that really comes up in this movie where Marina is, like, legitimately doing these things mm-hmm. that are distressing to Laura, and maybe Laura doesn't deal with it in the best way, but she certainly doesn't deal with it in a cruel way, I yeah. don't think. Yeah. Um, she's just trying to, like, live her life and... I don't think that, um, you know, being nice and talking to someone who Mm -hmm. wants to talk to her opens her up to these things that now she, like, has to take care of this girl. What was interesting to me is I felt like this movie sort of, like, sidestepped 
moralizing around any of this because like like it i did not feel like there was a lesson here of like trying to befriend the weird kid is bad Mm -hmm. nor was there a lesson of like you have to let people cyber stalk you Mm -hmm. like there wasn't really a lesson like if there's a lesson it was like if a witch decides to fuck (laughs) with you you're screwed yeah that that's really all there is is that like laura was in like a no winning situation and it's just she accidentally walked into a witch and there was nothing she could do about it and it's basically just like just like getting hit by lightning it's just like shit happens <laughs> but it is done through this metaphor of um you know a very real situation that people go through yeah. where like you know so i feel like it is saying something about that whether it means to or not like it yeah. is it is uh bringing i think that in many cases um people want to say that you know you should be nice to the person mm-hmm. who has no friends but i feel like also that is an oversimplification of what actually happens in many cases yeah, yeah. like you know you're allowed to be made uncomfortable by people yeah well i, I want to so i think the movie has a lot to say about this mm-hmm. but it is avoiding like clear moralizing over it if that distinction makes sense no i i, I see what you're saying but i think it does unintentionally moralize it. Okay. i think that okay. like um you know the events that were set off if laura would have just stayed on course kind of with her friendship with with uh marina and you know let her come to this party and do all these weird things um i think she would have been sucked into it with marina more i think that she would have like been letting marina isolate her from people but that's a very different story than um than you know like choosing to mm-hmm. do this and then everyone's like oh you did this horrible thing by like abandoning this girl because i think that the outrage yeah. at abandoning someone is far different from the outrage of allowing someone to isolate you yeah yeah i, I definitely think that the the way that people were outraged at her for setting a boundary mm-hmm. with marina um but that's clearly the movie has something to say about that where i think that the movie I, I felt like the movie wanted us to walk away knowing that like setting boundaries is like a good thing we shouldn't be mad at people for setting yeah boundaries and then too you can like more on to the point of like the movie saying you shouldn't be mad at people for uh setting boundaries you can say that like the movie is kind of simulating um giving into marina and allowing marina to isolate her from everyone else because she's mm-hmm. doing these like absolutely bizarre things that no one else can abide by and like yeah laura unintentionally is like letting it happen yeah. not really but well it, it sort of like presents like the catch-22 of like if she let marina in like sort of like either way she's going to have problems right if she like lets marina in then that's going to like drive all her friends away if she like pushes marina away then she's like being mean and like you know not helping out someone in need right so um yeah but i do think that this is uh, a situation that isn't always portrayed super well in media i think that in in a lot of media people uh especially because so many like artist types i guess uh see themselves as being very much like outcasts and outsiders Mm -hmm. um people want to say you know you should always be nice to these people but niceness is really like too simple of a solution i think that a lot of people are perfectly willing to be nice but um when you actually have to like maintain the burden of taking care of someone especially someone you don't know who's become like very attached to you in a very Mm -hmm. short amount of time i think it's okay to be like this is not working like this is not sustainable yeah something else that i felt that the movie had to say um was just 
that a single person just deciding to target you and destroy your life, mm-hmm. there is not always a defense against that. Because I think that no. we sort of like tell ourselves that like if you do the right things online and right. like say the right words and like you know do things like quote unquote right, that you're like protected from these things and these things happen because you make a mistake and i think this movie is presenting a little bit of a counter thesis where like sometimes people just will decide to screw you and there's not always anything you can do about it but um so on that point something else i thought was interesting was like the first thing that they did when uh, laura became facebook friends with marina is they went through and they dug like way into her past posts and things like that kind of going off the idea that like nothing you do online really makes you safe like they they dug through all her old tweets yeah 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 Yeah, well it's just like at a certain point like there is nothing you can do yeah i mean mean, there's always stuff you can do but like the there's like a powerlessness which which i think was like the central like scary thing in this movie Mm -hmm. and like from a horror perspective what it was about was it was about like powerlessness Mm -hmm. it was about like the powerlessness of someone just decides to target you right and can't do anything about it yeah there's nothing to be done um i was also fascinated by and this also comes from being a software developer like the the horror of losing control over the technological systems that control our lives right which i feel like that's going to be a bigger and bigger theme in horror black mirror yeah honestly um i feel like that is going to well so that's something else is was there anything on this topic you wanted to do before we kind of move to a slightly different topic um no not on this exact topic i did want to talk about like how technology works in a horror okay that's kind of where yeah. i was about yeah to that's go. that's yeah. where it seemed okay. like you were okay. going so i think this is a good transition okay so now i ruined the segue um <laughs> <laughs> so what what i so, so yeah like i was talking about the way that like this to a certain extent has horror centered around like the powerlessness of losing control of technology that controls big parts of your life Mm-hmm. which I feel is going to be like a growing trend in horror. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about like where we feel that is headed and if we feel like people are doing this well or if people are still trying to find their feet with this. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that the obvious example that we've mentioned a couple of times that we can't like talk mm-hmm. about this without talking about it is uh, Black Mirror. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Black Mirror mm-hmm. is all about like um, how sort Sort of horrifying and amazing technology mm-hmm. can be um especially when it's either put into irresponsible hands yeah. or like we otherwise lose control of ourselves because of technology yeah um there's a lot of really good black mirror episodes that focus on on just this topic so it's sort of okay. an idea in black mirror that you can um upload your consciousness mm-hmm. and even if you yourself are still alive uh, your consciousness will branch off and continue like within mm. this technology and i i feel like we sort of get that too from this movie um not quite as literally as it mm-hmm. is in black mirror but there is like you know uh there is a branch between you know laura's like personal life and the things that she does and her the life that she wants to present through social media and when those two come crashing together that's when it becomes Mm. really problematic for her okay interesting 
Yeah. Because, like, I mean, we even see in her montage of posts, like, she's talking about her dad and she's, like, sharing these, like, cute pictures and stuff like that. When, obviously, I'm sure that that was, like, a horribly traumatic thing to happen. And, um, but people like that sort of thing. They Mm -hmm. like uplifting things. They like seeing people doing cool and interesting things on social media. Like, they don't, Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the big, like, social media faux pas is just someone who's just a total downer on social media is, like, way oversharing and stuff like that um and people don't like that sort of thing and that can have like real world consequences like i mean like i even think about myself like if i've just met someone and uh, we become facebook friends like you know what's the first thing you look for when you're stalking their profile like you know are they posting any like really really bad things like are they are they like you know the the third post you see is like trump 2020 like you know yeah because that 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 absolutely changes your perception this person that you may have been like oh this is like a perfectly pleasant person i could be friends with and then you see something like that you're just like oh like i don't know about this yeah and i was almost thinking like just you know you become friends with someone and you scroll down their feed and it's just like constant like weird vague booking and right you know and that changes your perception of them too oh yeah that can like obliterate your perception of someone if like every post is like i guess i know who my real friends are now yeah it's just like because that's just too much (laughs) drama and like it's just it's just too much um so it it is like it it, i mean you do like see people through this filtration Mm -hmm. of like social media where like Mm -hmm. you meet them but then you almost get this like weird glimpse into their soul when you look at their facebook and so i thought like in a weird way like the scariest thing in this movie was the idea of a video being up posted by you on your facebook Mm -hmm. that you did not post yeah and you cannot delete it Mm -hmm. and you cannot convince anyone that you didn't do this right that is actually really scary as a concept (laughs) And I feel like it almost has um, roots in, you know, reality. Like, that kind of, like, oops, didn't mean to. Or, like, my friend posted yeah. that and, like, no one ever believes yeah. it. So, what I was interested in... So, obviously, like, a lot of horror is sort of built around the idea of taking, like, the familiar and making it, like, spooky and weird. Mm-hmm. We're, like, showing us, like, these sort of, like, things that we take for granted that if they stopped working would be in bad shape. Right. So, in that sense, this is, like, very much carrying, like, a horror tradition forward. Mm -hmm. What is interesting to me is that there's been, like, a handful of movies that do this that are, like, very self-consciously internet horror. Mm -hmm. And what I wonder is, at what point does the concept of internet horror stop making sense? And this just become these tropes just get rolled into, like, the standard horror canon. Right. And it's become, like, part of the overall sort of, like, horror bag of tricks that get pulled out in, like, every movie. Right. Because um, horror does always have to deal with changing technology. Like, mm-hmm. what's the first thing that happens in any horror movie that is, like, modern? Like, we have mm-hmm. to deal with cell phones. Like, yeah. you know, if they're, if they're being chased by a slasher, you have to, like, establish why their cell phones don't yeah. work. Like, why yeah. they can't call for help. Yeah. Um, and this is... You I know. mean, also, it's very common for just, like, the lights to fail. Yeah, the lights fail. a very fail. normal horror um, Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that's old technology, but it's the same concept, essentially. Right. Is that, like, the sort of built human world starts to, like, fall apart and no longer function. Right. Um, I've been sort of talking about, like, well, no, we were ta- so I mentioned that lights 
mm-hmm. are kind of like analogous where it's like the built human environment right. like falling apart or like failing yeah. in the face of like the unnatural or like or almost like well it's basically that like the built human environment falling apart yeah and that um that actually links back to a lot of like uh body horror like disability yeah. horror like there's oh god there's a movie and it's also a play i think it's called lights out um Aubrey he- Audrey Hepburn was in it the movie version and it's about a blind woman trying to um combat like home invaders and it's all yeah, like yeah. in a bottle and she's she's just going through and like smashing all the lights because obviously she knows how to go around her home yeah, yeah and they do not and they think that they can just like take advantage of this like disabled mm-hmm. woman um when you know mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. but anyway that's kind of a tangent um yeah it's like it's hard to deal with. I think that people, like, are... So, I mean, technology is just, like, an integrated part of our lives now. Like, you yeah. can't, like, go anywhere without, you know, yeah. <laughs> using technology. Yeah, but nonetheless, it feels to me... And maybe this is getting incorporated more into horror, but it still feels to me like there's a weird sort of, like, internet horror ghetto, if that makes sense. Yeah. That, like, hasn't fully there's, merged. There's unfriended and friend requests. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that people qu- haven't quite gotten their footing with like social media horror. Yeah. I think that people utilize um, technology in horror, but I don't know that we've seen a the, really that good of a movie. Well, Bandersnatch, but that was about video games. Um, okay. I did like Bandersnatch. Yeah. Okay. I did not, I did not do Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch was cool. Was to me, fun little yeah. game <laughs> to me like a, a thing that sort of put this movie into an internet horror ghetto that that's like sounds crappy to say but like well like something that sort of like set it aside a little bit was that they sort of like felt they had to have like the hacker angle right and had to like show us like these weird symbols in the code mm-hmm. which felt like out of place yeah that like i felt like that didn't need to be explained like that yeah that these things that that would have worked just fine without any of that right and i feel like that that goes back to your point way at the beginning of this episode where there was sort of an inherent misunderstanding of why people use facebook um it's not the number of friends like you don't Mm -hmm. pay attention to that it's like you do have an audience and it's what you present to your audience that you Mm -hmm. find like personally important not like number of friends on your facebook and facebook really is about like your actual friends right more than like twitter or whatever yeah these are like people that you interact with in real life pretty regularly yeah and that is also an interesting thing because i also feel there's a little bit here of people in like showbiz like 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 people in like movies and stuff Mm -hmm. their experience with social media is probably more like the sort of instagram twitter experience Mm -hmm. that's probably more what they're doing and of course like plenty of like people who aren't famous use those as well right but for the the scale of users on facebook um is enormous compared to like twitter instagram is like in between i think like, there's a lot of people on Instagram, but yeah. it's not, like, Facebook. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of sort of why I liked Unfriended, was it switched between so many platforms, and okay. I thought that that was really interesting, because the whole mm. movie is presented as if you're watching um, someone's computer screen. Yeah, yeah, I knew and, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought that that was actually, like, a really cool angle to go about it, and I... Um, both movies, Unfriended and Friend Request, I actually thought were, like, fairly well-performed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought the acting was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I thought everyone yeah. was, like, acted pretty well mm-hmm. in it. 
Um, it was just sort of inherent problems with the premise and how mm-hmm. and like the execution, like yeah. how they were going yeah. to get these points across. And I just like I, I think it's sort of like I mean, I'm just glancing at the list of writers and uh, they're all men. And I think that, you know, mm. putting especially um, a young woman in her yeah. like early 20s, late teens, I don't know exactly how old Laura was supposed to be. Like, I definitely got, like, an early 20s. Like, yeah. I got, like, a late bachelor's degree. Yeah, sort of so, like, maybe, like, 2021. 20, yeah. Um, like, if I had to guess it, I would say that she's, like, 22. Yeah. That's, like, the impression I got from, like, the way... So, like, around that age, I think that um, men especially, like, misunderstand how women use social media. Um, I think that they see it as kind of this, like egotistical thing when that's not really the case yeah yeah i guess that's also part of it where this movie like it avoids being like too aggressive with this but it definitely inherits a lot of these sort of idioms and like language Mm -hmm. of like the criticizing the youth for social media and like its meaninglessness and all that yeah and how like we shouldn't care about it which like i don't want to say like that criticism has no merit Mm -hmm. but it feels like it's a line of argue that it's makes you want tired yeah it makes you want to roll your eyes and go okay boomer <laughs> yeah like it just it doesn't it's like it's not that interesting anymore yeah tired i think yeah i think yeah it's it. just like a tired thing um especially when you like are like oh this young woman you know mm-hmm. almost like it's almost like the movie thinks that she lives her life on social media, but she just is a very social person. Yeah. And that just, you know, she's like, oh, let's take a picture with our friends. And then Mm -hmm. they like upload it or whatever. And that seems like, you know, not as so. Uh, One thing that we left out is that uh, they talk about internet addiction disorder fairly regularly, like as if Laura has it. And that just. She's not online that much. It's just not the case. Like, yeah. She, she definitely, like, uses social media and uses yeah. Facebook, yeah. Uh, but she just, it's certainly not stopping her from, like, living her life, from going to school. Yeah. Like, she's not, she's not using it in lieu mm-hmm. of, um, you know, interacting with yeah. reality. Yeah. I also almost felt, like, watching this, that the actual people making this movie didn't really have a critique of social media use. Yeah. But it's almost I like they, so either. It's almost like, though, they inherited just a lot of, like, tropes and language from people who did. Right. And sort of, like, didn't really apply a whole lot of criticism to it and just sort of, like, put that in their movie. Yeah, because I think that this idea, like, just if just bare bones, like, the mm-hmm. skeleton of this movie could have been a pretty good movie. Um, but just, like, the execution and, like, when they started putting all the parts together, it just, like, fell apart. Like, it shouldn't have had this, like, weird, over-explained thing about witches <laughs> that, like, yeah. didn't really have anything to do with anything. Uh, we could have just totally done without that. We mm-hmm. didn't need to know, like, every single person's tragic backstory. Like, it's yeah. okay yeah. to, like, leave some things to the imagination. And that's something that horror misses a lot. When you get really bad horror, part of the problem is that they're not leaving things to the imagination. Yeah. And that's something that, that happens in a lot of horror movies, I've noticed. Right. Where they will sort of like, there'll be like a turning point about halfway through the movie Mm -hmm. where the thing that's going on switches from this like very creepy unexplained thing 
to like they like pull it up in like a book from the library or mm-hmm. in like a Google search or something that's like, oh, this is actually like the demon Apolkus or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, these are his traits and here is how you defeat him. Yeah. And it's like at a certain point that's almost like the trope and structure. Right. And it's like so prevalent it's hard to criticize at a certain because like clearly there's something about it yeah. that's like working. And if you like trace this back a little bit, I think that you can trace it back to like found footage. Okay. Um so in the Blair Witch Project and in Paranormal Activity, they both did similar things. Um, they found a, in Blair Witch Project, obviously it was the Blair Witch, and in um, Paranormal Activity, it was the uh, it was a demon. Yeah. But the thing that happened with both of those movies was that until. The subsequent sequels, which were not as yeah, good, yeah, you yeah. never saw the monster. Yeah. Like, you can't see the monster. You can, like, mm-hmm. present these kind of horrifying, scary things. You can show the guy mm-hmm. standing in a corner, which is just, like, creepy in and yeah. of itself. But um, once you start getting into, like, um, showing a lot of gore, showing the monster, getting too much information yeah, yeah. about the monster, like, you're not leaving anything yeah. up to the imagination. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I also think that that trope of like they discover or like they i'm going to use like scare quotes like discover the um identity of the thing that's doing Mm -hmm. the haunting or whatever to me that almost works better if it like doesn't end up helping them right and like it especially works best when like they do the thing they're supposed to do and it like doesn't solve the problem like it doesn't fix it Mm-hmm. And then, like, it leaves it open, like, was it really, like, that demon they found in a Google search? Or was that just, like, a red herring? <laughs> yeah. That's sort of where this movie got to with its ending. Yeah. Was... See, what's weird is that when I saw the movie last night, I really thought the ending undercut, like, everything in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because of that interpretation I talked about. Yeah. But part of me, almost, the more I think about it, the more I kind of like it that way. Mm-hmm. Because, to me, it's almost more interesting if... They were just completely wrong. Like, yeah. the Black Mirror, is, there is no, like, Black Mirror magic. There's no witch. It's just this cyclical thing that they have no understanding of that just happens. And the ending indicates that, like, this was all just everything that led up to Laura going into that room with the laptop was just, like, that was, like, the bait. That was, like, the scenario to play out. Right. But everything was, like according to plan every step of the way to me that's like a super interesting idea yeah um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think so um do you have more to say on uh on this movie i've said a lot um are we ready to just like move on to final thoughts or is there anything else you wanted to specifically discuss i wanted to talk about just briefly because we are sort of like airing into mm-hmm. um a bit of a longer episode here i wanted yeah, to briefly, be some stuff to cut out yeah the, we have a lot of trains going by today mm-hmm. um i wanted to sort of briefly talk about um like technology and horror the use of mental illness and horror uh, yes okay yeah this movie it talks about it a lot is particularly with uh marina Marina is uh, shown as being socially awkward to, I think, the point that, you know, having some sort of, like, uh, um, intervention with, like, therapy would have really benefited her. And uh, she's also shown as having uh, trichotillomania, which I I don't like because I really dislike when um, the horrifying thing is... Um, a mental illness of some sort because yeah. this is because the trichotillomania so, is just used to make her seem scary and weird yeah. and i really don't like that so does the movie explain what that is 
Um, because if it did, I missed it. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. No. Oh, okay. I well, they do say that she. Uh, they tri- say it. They say it. So, but what? I had no idea what it was. I, I like watching the movie. It just was like they said like a disorder mm-hmm. that, for all I knew, was like just like battle. Okay. Um, trichotillomania is uh. Uh, sort of, I, I think it's sort of related to obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, basically you pluck out like your, your hair, okay. your eyebrows or your eyelashes. That's what it is. Or like some people it manifests as like picking at their skin or their nails or something okay. like that. That makes sense. Okay. And, um, so that's what it is for, you know, everyone who didn't know. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't like when stuff like that is used as like, Oh, here's, you know, there's something wrong with her. Like, look at yeah. this. Like, I really don't like that. And I think that horror uses that, like, not all the time, but, like, fairly regularly. <laughs> and yeah. that's, like, not a good thing. Um, or even, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> we can we can even trace this back to, like, uh, you know, uh, so many movies, like, when you're being chased around somewhere, so often it's an asylum where like you know people who had these like uh various disorders lived or like hospitals or things like that and i think that like making something that real people have and not showing their perspective and just like using it as a way to like scare the audience is like not the way to go about that (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i think there's a very long tradition horror of doing just that of using mental illness oh yeah and it's definitely not just this movie this is like a trope that you can see in a lot of movies yeah it is like interesting because there's an even deeper tradition i think of horror like exploring the psychology of um dangerous or well exploring the psychology of dangerous people Mm -hmm. is like it has like really deep roots in horror right and like doing that without mental illness also feels weird yeah um because that is like the way we would think about that today Mm -hmm. um whereas obviously like 100 years ago maybe less so yeah um but it's just it's just tricky i'm not totally sure like what horror writers should do about it um well maybe they should talk to people with mental illnesses more yeah, I mean, I think that you can take these disorders and um, utilize it in horror. I think that people have done that okay. with, like, sexuality, with gender and stuff yeah. like that, and it really has worked. Um, I think that, you know, people can, like, present this through this medium and have mm-hmm. it work and have it not be, like, you know, oh, like, isn't that, like, just the worst? Like, these people are basically aliens. Yeah. Um, and I think that the answer would have been to... Uh, give Marina more agency as a person and not make her just a monster. Because I think that all that it presented to do, like the only reason why they gave her this disorder was um, for the one scene where she gets her... uh, she gets her hat knocked off and, and yeah. you see that her hair is like yeah. missing, which I think that you could have just as easily done something else and it still would have been problematic. Like maybe she had burns on her from, you know, uh, that incident or something like that. But I, I like, it didn't yeah. have enough of a payoff to me 
to justify like having that be part of her character. I agree. I agree. I honestly think the movie would have been fine. Yeah, like if you would have taken that that out, I think that would have like erased the problem of like having this kind of problematic portrayal of of, of this disorder, and also yeah. like the movie wouldn't have been changed at all. Yeah, it would have because been the same we movie. don't even see Laura have it at the end of the movie. Like mm. she has her hood up, but I, like I, I thought that sort of implied that she was doing like the same thing. I think it was implied, but you know uh we just like I it doesn't mean, go anywhere yeah it doesn't right. go there's anywhere. not like any payoff to it yeah um i guess an interesting question is if you remove like that particular disorder mm-hmm. and suppose that you also remove like the psychology class as a thing which you could totally do with barely changing this movie just like right like a history class or something yeah like i feel like nothing in this movie changes doesn't make it i mean i would say it improves with handling mental illness does it still if you do that have an issue with mental illness um i think it i don't think it would as much um obviously i'm not a psychologist yeah but i think that you would still be dealing with the actual issue was Mm -hmm. which is that um she has these like very like socially awkward tendencies and like you know uh the treasure chillomania was presented as like the two roommates being sort of repulsed by her where they're like oh i saw her tearing out her eyelashes you know and laura being like that's like mean because Mm -hmm. it is mean but then but then like we don't see those roommates do anything else mean (laughs) um so it wasn't even like they were it wasn't like setting them up yeah it it didn't say anything so that's why i'm like I, i don't know it felt like a name check yeah maybe it felt like there was more in the script that got like edited out or something yeah like maybe there was more there originally it's hard to say sometimes yeah so i don't know like and i think that um people have done like especially with like a more common mental illnesses like depression anxiety people have done really good horror from those from anxiety especially uh and you know depression and things like that and they've done really good horror movies and shows and you know short films and all sorts of stuff but just like you know this ain't it like (laughs) yeah yeah and i think that uh a lot of it goes to um agency of the characters who are presenting mental illnesses and uh also uh just like behind the scenes like who's writing it like are they really like being thoughtful about this are they like Mm -hmm. are they you know um are they making it just so that it's like weird and scary or are they like trying to use it as a metaphor for something else like particularly dealing with these things because i think if it's about like dealing with something um then people can relate to it but i don't know that someone with trigitillomania would like watch this and be like yes that is a good portrayal of this no 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 i don't think you would ever yeah 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 yeah, because it's sort of like if, because like usually when you hear like like queer people or people with like complex sexualities or that kind of thing, like talk about finding themselves in horror, it's sort of like the, it's like about things they can relate to. Mm-hmm. But this one, yeah, it's just not, like it's not about her having this disorder. It's just a detail that's like kicked in there to like yeah not like kick it up a notch and like it's to other her and it is to other her and there is to other people in Mm -hmm. um like when you look at like uh particularly with sexuality and horror it is meant to other Mm -hmm. you in some way but then it goes somewhere it doesn't just like stop there and that's where it stopped with this movie which Mm -hmm. is you know unfortunate that they even included it but yes yeah, I think it's just, I think it's important. Yeah, yeah. They could yeah. just, just cut yeah, it. Yeah, they could just cut it, and that's like mm-hmm. bad. If you have something in the movie that like presents a problem, and 
if you cut it out, especially actually if mm-hmm. you cut it out and the movie is just totally unchanged, that's like yeah. really bad. That's like extra bad because like yeah, because like sometimes you do run into it like with the movie where like sometimes. there's a problematic thing, but if you cut it, like you lose something. Yeah, and there was like an, a genuine attempt there. Like yeah. I am more sympathetic when there is an attempt to say something, but um, mm-hmm. this wasn't an attempt to say yeah, something. That wasn't it was just there. it was just bad. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, the, those are my thoughts on friend request. Okay. Are we ready for like wrap up final thoughts? Yeah, recommendations? let's do our yeah, final yeah, yeah. thoughts. So uh, would would you recommend friend request? I I actually would. Okay. I thought it was pretty good overall. I mean, we talked about some of the problems. Um, and we're, I mean, we're spoiled the ending now. Yeah. Um, I think you can still get yeah. something out of this movie, even if because I mean, the ending is not a surprise. By any means. I was actually surprised. Like, I did not think that's where we were going to go. okay. Like, I actually, I legitimately thought she was going to, like, smash a laptop and, like, things would, like, Mm, not go back to normal, but, like, she would be, like, the final girl. Like, that's that's the trope I thought was in play. It was, like, the final girl trope. Well, since we have spoiled this one, how about, um, you know, you can watch Unfriended if you want a similar movie that we did not spoil the ending to. That's fair. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I thought it was okay. Like... Um, some of the death scenes were, like, fun and spooky. Yeah. Um, the movie had, like... I, I really liked Gustavo. I wish yeah. that he was in the movie longer. Yeah, he's, they kill he's him He's my first. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, overall, I'd say if you're into this kind of thing, go watch it. Yeah. Um, it's got, like, some goofy stuff in it, but, I mean, that's half the fun with these kind of movies sometimes. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Like, I thought it, it was honestly a lot better than I expected. Like, I thought it would be, I thought it was going to be, like, kind of stupid, Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I guess it was, but it wasn't nearly as stupid as I thought it was going to be. And his take on social media felt better than I expected. Yeah. Mainly because it really laid off it a whole lot. Yeah, this is one of those movies that we watch on the show that I'm like, it needed someone to like clean this up. And I don't know yeah. if it's like someone else in the writing room, someone else directing, but it just needed something else. Because I yeah. think the cast was pretty good. I think they did a lot with what they were given. Um, I think it was attempting to say something, which is, yeah. like, good and doesn't yeah. always happen. Um, yeah. And while, like, it borrowed some, like, sort of, like, quick tropes from media that's much more critical of social media, like, it overall didn't feel... It felt more like an exploration of ideas around social media rather than being, like, a sort of, like, blunt critique of social media. Right. Which I think suits it better, because these days, like, with how enmeshed social media is, like, I feel that what we need are, like, interesting explorations of what it means for social media to be a big deal. Whereas, like, I feel like sometimes, like, the discourse, especially with, like, movies and such, is, like, like lags that and is still, like, on social media good or bad right decide this is not there this is like ahead of that discourse this is like into the territory of how do we responsibly use social media and like what does it feel like to use social media in different circumstances Mm -hmm. not just like about is social media good or bad yeah no i agree with that um let's see if one of our viewers can beat my record of seeing friend requests i i I really do think it's been about 10 times that i've watched this movie this number this is like it's like a fishing story where the fish gets bigger every time i hear no i've always said about 10 i think i've said between like seven and ten times like i heard you say seven and then we watched it last night now you're saying 10 well it's somewhere around there between like seven and ten times i i I haven't like kept a log but it's between about seven and ten times um 
Well, now up to between 8 and 11, because I've watched it one more time. Um, So watch it between 8 and 11 times and uh, get back, comment below (laughs) if you've watched Friend Request between 8 and 11 times. Only true fans allowed. (laughs) Only true fans. Only true fans will find a way to comment on a podcast. I'm sure on some of the places there is, there's the ability to put a comment. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's our show. Okay. So yeah, thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a gift Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, and you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! (laughs) There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. (laughs) That's funny. Wait, did you just Hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. (laughs) Projectderailed.com